on this third Sunday of Easter, and even more so today of the baptism, it's still good to say, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. You may be seated. What the Lord has done for baby Charlotte naturally pulls us to our first reading. It's Peter preaching on Pentecost, where hearts cut by the law were to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. Forgiveness and receiving of the Holy Spirit had no restrictions. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And so children are born into this work of God's grace like anyone else. A matter of fact, what about those who are far off? It can be a lot more than a physical distance. It can include future generations, not even born, needing this call to repent and be baptized. Now, St. Luke, you must know, wrote the book of Acts. And that depicts Christ's church as it's before the world, going out into the world. But the last chapter of the gospel, according to Luke, well, we're drawn to an episode of unique movement by two disciples. They were already baptized by John or later in the ministry of Jesus. Their traveling was to Emmaus, as you heard on Easter Day. We know one to be Cleopas, and Scripture does not tell us the others. Some will say it was another Simon, maybe even possibly Cleopas' son, but we don't know. Scripture doesn't tell us. But most likely we do know this, that these Emmaus disciples were part of the 70 or the 72 Jesus had sent out to do his earthly ministry. Remember that, when he sent them out to heal and cast out demons for that little short time? And yet, like the rest, these two saw the now what of what was it about Easter Day? Now what? And the answer at that moment was to leave. Who knows why they chose Emmaus? Maybe it was Grandma's house. I don't know. It doesn't tell us. But there was, frankly, this answer, no reason to be in Jerusalem. Knowing how Easter turned out today, well, I mean, it can still leave a now what in our sufferings. While going our way, when those things occur, Jesus renders a service in hiding himself to show us his way is to save. And so going down a one-way street leaves nothing to hide or so it seems. Nobody wants to be that person ignoring the signs, right? That say, wrong way, don't go this way, big red, things that stand out on the freeway or even on Wabash Street, and I've seen people turn the wrong way. And I'm pointing to them doing this. You don't want to be that person. Well, the Emmaus disciples did not see God's way at work on Easter. So they left Jerusalem because the experience ran into by Jesus Christ crucified, it told them wrong way. Don't go that way. At least you could say they're traveling together. 
when they left, but they're still lost to their ways, even if they knew how to get to Emmaus. And so on this one-way street, Jesus appeared, and for the time being, he did not change their course. No, they were kept from seeing him because God's purpose was for the risen Jesus to walk with them. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. What we say by those words does not always align at times to where we see things going. When gloom of life takes hold, this one-way street does not see God's way, only sin, death, and the devil. You know that because baby didn't come home for about a month and you felt that tension, that stress. I could have come and said, Christ is risen, and we said, risen indeed, but it didn't seem like it. A world trapped in darkness, too, is attuned to causing every kind of fear about life. And you dig a little bit deeper, our pains that we can't let go of are there that have been caused against us by others. And yes, what we did to others by our sinful actions. Church life today can seem pointless before age, size of a parish, the beauty of a parish, the cash flow, failures, and frankly, all the burdens that no business model and even no great governance will solve. If that is not enough, we all must face how death brings its own defeat, changing how we see life at the present. And it comes in so many ways we cannot describe how that can change us. And so as we look at these things, we forget God's way is for us. Maybe we question his way to be wrong. I'm not going to go there anymore. And even left blind to see Jesus is walking with us. And yet Jesus is no stranger, as you know, to hiding himself in the way of service. They always wanted to make Jesus, when they saw him, to be a great king, one who could take charge and do stuff, and Jesus kept stepping down. I did not come to be served, but to serve. This is what he did for those two Demaeus disciples. His question over their discussion drew out the pain they could not solve by all their conversing. They finally had to confess the life and death of Christ and hope in him lost to redeem Israel. And yet Jesus, a stranger, had his way as God to serve them by showing attention to the word. Moses and the prophets proclaimed hope that tied everything to Jesus as the Christ to suffer these things on the cross and finally to enter into his glory. We're not sure what scripture text they covered. It says they covered all the scriptures. That's pretty a lot to do in seven-mile journey. But it's kind of funny reading a sermon by Luther. Uh, he gives a lot of attention that Jesus showed them the clarity of what came about 
in the Garden of Eden and that first promise. You remember, right? Knowing how the one to come would crush Satan's head. Jesus, that reality of him being Savior in such a capacity against the darkness, knowing that right in Genesis would trickle out to the rest of the Old Testament scriptures of what God gave of the sacrifice of his son. Whatever and how much they learned, forgiveness and eternal life was in Jesus' sacrifice, God's salvation for a sinful world. And when they finally sat down to eat, it showed not a stranger or a guest, but to see the host serving was Jesus. And so certainly, you feel a need for the Lord's Supper, but it's a matin Sunday, so we're not going to do it. But the reality is, is he vanished. He vanished. Right when they saw him, he was gone. It's like God didn't want them to hold too tightly on what they saw, but what they heard. The Emmaus disciples saw Christ held up by the word, and that would endure more than just seeing Jesus. And this gift, Peter, in our epistle reading, says to the baptized, you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. And so from the death of Christ has come the greatest hope over sin, death, and the devil. We're going to assess life. This is what human beings do. My dogs don't do this. Plants don't do this. But we assess life constantly. But speculations by our reason and our emotions will fail to see God's way and frankly replace it with an idol. Everyone wants the right experience, don't we? We all just want to go through and enjoy something in the right way, an experience of having a baby, just bringing them home. Didn't happen. Or even to go after and have that redo, have another kid. We'll do it, have it right this time and not have to go through that again, maybe. But this is not how Jesus called you into his gospel. As with Charlotte, a baby, so you died with Christ and rose alive in him, all by grace from the power of God's word. Whether we see it or not, God is before our ways, ready to show you his way. That is victory for you, given by that gospel. And part of that victory, and Charlotte's going to find it out from mom and dad and from her life, but yes, God calling us to repentance to return in his way to hear good news of sins forgiven. It's not to come to some call, you see, to search out Jesus where he's not found, like grasping at signs and wonders or even looking within ourselves, which is pretty much what younger people tend to do. This risen Lord hides our eyes from him, but not without his service. And so by the words set upon Christ and his saving presence in the Lord's Supper, he is before our ups and downs with forgiveness and salvation, which means peace when we don't see peace, all prepared and given by Christ. And so Jesus as Lord still hides, but his way to save turns us to joy. 
When the Emmaus disciples saw God's way the right way, as Jesus opened their eyes, suffered and death was not a cruel plan of God, but the gospel given to save sinners. Preach Christ crucified, Paul says. It was bigger than some hopeful redemption of Israel, for God had bigger plans in mind. You understand? It's bigger plans than purely one single church. It is plans that God, which is his one holy Christian apostolic Catholic church to be spread throughout this world by grace as a gift so that sinners may have salvation by faith in Jesus. Such joy open from Scripture was beyond the temporary scene of Jesus, but eternal treasures in him. And those eternal treasures that were there from Scripture, given by faith, that's what turned them back to Jerusalem. It wasn't just the experience of seeing Jesus. It was to tell the disciples the joy, not of their way, but how all that happened to Jesus was for us men and for our salvation just as Scripture said. And so joy is not the same. you got to bring it up. It is not the same as make it, what makes us feel happy versus sad as we often face today. The marketing world makes us, wants to give us pleasures. You're all part of the marketing world. Sorry. And it's all designed to try to make you happy in the ways it gives you stuff. But Jesus remains hidden. You understand that, right? Hidden beyond your money, behind your strength and powers, beyond your pleasures. Hidden by the gospel to save sinners. Every eye will at last see Jesus. But this is a time of grace, we call it, with joy to tell others Jesus lives. To share that Old Testament is full of suffering. It's full of death, full of unfaithful Israel, full of much law by God's judgment. But it also points to God's deliverance at last that it's come in Christ. It's to confess today before wickedness and heartaches and hell itself, joy unique even to this, to a Christian funeral. And that's why I didn't want to have to have you miss the opening hymn. I know that my Redeemer lives. Christian funerals matter. Hope is alive, not to see an experience that fades before our ways, but to hear Christ in the word, even as he's in the sacrament. That's what mama and dad gets to teach little Charlotte now. The experience was there for her, and she moved around and squirmed and did whatnot, but she won't remember any of that experience, and she doesn't need to. She had the word and got at work by grace. You let her know of what does not fade is the faithfulness of Christ. Easter started with the Emmaus disciples going the wrong way, but Jesus walked with them. And out of the cross, they heard, they saw, and they were to confess, the Lord has risen. Joy on Easter came with news that even the 11, did you get this? Even the 11 were yet to figure out the answer of what was already in the scriptures, 
how Jesus was there in the word and by breaking of the bread. The answer to the now what, that now what to do, is what even St. Luke ties to the book of Acts, and he ties what to happens to those who are baptized on Pentecost. Do you know what happens? This is the next verse you didn't hear today, verse 42. Instead of going their way who are baptized, it says, now they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. We're still on the way, but not alone or without God. Eternal life is secure as a gift, one for Charlotte, for you, and for any by the gospel. Even now, Jesus renders a service for his way of hiding is to save, but you're going to have him hiding. You will not have him your way. Hear the word is to confess joyfully. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. At this time we rise then and confess in more songs.